Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. a few thoughts from the closing portion of the Christmas story with some very applicable things I think that we can take with us into 2022. We're going to look at their lives, and we're going to see what happened when they had encountered Christ at what we call the Christmas story. I understand they came sometime later when he was a young child, probably somewhere between age one and two is when they probably came. But, but once we've been made aware, as the wise men were, that Christ has come, which was what we spent all of December talking about, the fact that Christ has come, once we've been made aware that Christ has come, what should that lead us to do? After we've seen the manger scene and heard the good tidings, how should it affect our personal, individual lives in 2022. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number one, if you will. Matthew chapter number one, where we spent a couple of our Sunday morning messages. Matthew one, we're going to begin in verse number 24. The last two verses of Matthew one, and then we're going to jump into Matthew two. Matthew chapter number one, follow along if you will. I always encourage you to see the scripture that we're looking at for yourself. If there's any power in my preaching or anyone else's preaching, the power is from the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It's not our ideas, it's not our clever phrases, it's, it's not our sense of humor, it's the Word of God if that's the case. And we're here, I think we ought to see it for ourselves. If you're following along on a tablet or a, a phone this morning, I'll be reading from the King James Version, Matthew chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 24. The Bible says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. There it is, the Christmas story. Jesus being born, Matthew being, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Joseph being told that, that Mary would have a baby, and there's the Christmas story. Now Christmas is over, now what? Let's look at verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, what are the next three words there, church? When he had heard these things, what are they? He was, he was what? And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. He brings, he brings religious people that know the Old Testament. He, he hears from these Gentile uh, wise men, these Gentile people coming uh, and saying, we saw, we saw his star in the east. We know something's happening. Where is he? And, and Herod's like, what? There's, some, uh, there's a threat to my throne? There's, uh, there's a threat to my power? Wh- who is this? And, and he, brings, he brings the religious people together and says, where was he supposed to be born? And they said, well, according to Old Testament prophecy, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. 
And, and so it continues on. So now Herod knows the location, verse 7, then Herod, when he had privily, privately, secretly called the wise men, he inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And so we see here that it was not, this was not the night of Jesus' birth, and we see also because it's a young child and because Herod wants to kill every baby boy under the age of two, very likely Jesus was probably nearing his two-year birthday at this time. And he says, okay, I know where he was born, now when did you first see the star? I got to find out the time frame because I cannot have, can you imagine the insecurity that it takes to be threatened by a newborn baby? I can't have a threat to my throne that has just been born. Verse number 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem, he sent the wise men and said, go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. What a liar. Hey guys, go find this beautiful, precious baby Jesus. I really have an urge, I didn't even know where he was supposed to be born, but I really have an urge to go worship him. Just let me know. And isn't it amazing, again, how deceitful and sinful we can get for our own, our own purposes and our own uh, power and our own uh, kind of agendas in life? Verse number 9, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were—notice notice the difference. Verse 3, he, Herod was troubled. Notice their response when they found out about Jesus. They rejoiced. By the way, you and I, all of us, have a choice of what will we do with Jesus. If we view Jesus as a threat to our priorities, to our agenda, to our power, we'll be troubled by His presence in our lives and by His purpose for our lives. But if we view Jesus as the Messiah, if we view Jesus as the answer to everything we've ever needed, we will rejoice when we find out and when He becomes a part of our lives. The same Jesus caused two very different responses. Herod was troubled to find out He was here. The wise men rejoiced to find out He was here. Verse number 11, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped Him. And when they had opened their treasures, They presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their—I like this statement—they departed into their own country another way. So they're there, and the angel of the Lord comes and says, don't go back and tell Herod where this baby is. But I love that phrasing, they departed another way. When they encountered Jesus, it changed their direction. It changed their purpose. It changed who they were living for, whose approval they were living for. They, they could live in fear of Herod or in, out of love for God, and it would affect what they chose to do, which way they chose to go. And Jesus in their lives, them finding Jesus led them to live a different way. They, they changed the way they lived. They went a totally different direction. Their purpose was different. Their path was different. Their lives were forever different. And, and I think it's a good thing for us to stop and ask ourselves, even today, Christmas is over. They came to Jesus after Christmas was over. Christmas is over. Now what? What will we do with Jesus? We found out and we talked about for the last month the the coming of Christ. Will that change the way that we live? Will we go home another way? Will we go a different way? Will there be a change in direction in our lives and in our steps and in a way that is guided by our love for God more than our fear of man? 
So what should, as we see here with the wise men, kind of our, our, our bonus Christmas series message, if you will, what should the reality that Christ came to earth lead to in our lives long after He has gone from the manger? We're going to see what was the reality of the reality that Christ came to earth, what did it lead to in the wise men long after He was gone from the manger? Christmas is over. Now what? I want to give you a few thoughts and, and really some, then some challenges from what we see in the wise men's lives that we can apply to our lives in 2022. I would suggest to you Christmas is over, now what? Number one, keep seeking Him in 2022. Keep seeking Him in 2022. Do you see it there in verse number two? They, they saw a star in the east and they had a choice. Okay, so do we stop what we're doing? Do we, do we change our priorities? Do we go to try to find out who this Jesus is? Verse two, and they came and said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. We want to get closer to him. Where is he? We want to spend time with him. We want to know more about him. What a great thing for us to consider now that Christmas is over for us. We want to spend time with him. We want to get closer to him. We want to know more about him. And, and I see here a part of the Christmas story, but really removed from the Christmas story. These wise men, they gave their lives to seek the baby Jesus they heard about, they learned about from the star. In 2022, it'd be a good thing for us to make a decision to seek him daily. More of Christ, more time in His Word, less time maybe on news or, or websites or social media, and I, I, I'm on all of those things in my life, but we were talking, we sat down for about an hour, all of us as we do every year in our family yesterday, and everybody went to a quiet spot, and our home was quiet, and we all spent about an hour, and, and the two youngest, they couldn't spend about an hour, so once they were done, they went outside so that the home stayed quiet, and they kept playing, and we spent about an hour talking about our goals for the year, or writing them down, and then we gathered together for about 30 or 40 minutes and talked about them, what is God doing in your life, and what do you think He wants you to do here? And we all talked about some spiritual goals where we want to, as individuals and as a family, Lord willing, seek Him more this year. You coming into contact with Him at the manger scene over December at Christmas, the reality that Christ came at Christmas. Does it change? Is there anything this year you're doing? One of our kids said that they started a Bible reading program of reading the Bible chronologically, and so you read Genesis 1 through 3, and then it takes you over to John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and, the, and I said, that's interesting. I've read some chronological, I've never quite read that plan, and here's how we're going to, I said, let's bring this up in a few weeks, and let's see how we're doing. Let's hold each other accountable. Why? I want to seek Him more in 2022. I want to get closer to Him. I want to know more about Him, and I, I pray that you do as well. More time in His Word, more godly Christian music, more church services, more Christian relationships and community groups, more service. Keep seeking Him. Christmas is over. We found out that Christ has come to earth. We, we looked at that for a month as a church. Christmas is over. Now what? Let's follow the example of the wise men. Let's keep seeking Him in 2022. Number two, verse number 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Christmas is over, now what? Keep rejoicing in 2022. Were there, was there anything to despair about in Matthew chapter number two? Was there a wicked guy in charge? King Herod, one of the worst. 
He put a decree, this guy was so wicked, he put a decree out. Imagine if it came on that, that, that our president or our government passed a, a law or a mandate or whatever it might be that all children ages two and below need to be murdered. It's a pretty bad day to live in. Some pretty bad news around there. This was not a good place. There were, some, there were some rough things. And may I just stop and say, sometimes I think because of the fact that all of us are myopic in our, in our perspectives, we can only focus on what's right in front of us sometimes. And secondly, because of the flow of information, our brains were not intended to know every bad news story that happens on a planet of seven billion plus billion people around the world every day within an instant. We found out there was a shooting in this state, and there was this over in that state, and this corrupt government here an earthquake there, and our brains were not intended to, I don't think, to, to process all of that on a daily basis, a constant stream. The Bible says it this way, whatsoever things are good, lovely, true, honest, good report, think on these things. That's what we're supposed to dwell on. But may I just stop and say, sometimes, if we're not careful, we start to think that we're living in the worst time in the world, in the worst time in history, everything is so bad, and it's because of what we feed on in our minds that there have been... There has always been and there will always be things to despair about in this world. There have always been scary news stories and disheartening world events in the world. It's not going to stop until Christ comes again to make all things new. That is the sinful, broken, fallen world that we live in. Here's the question, what will you allow to control you in your thoughts, the fear around you or the Prince of Peace in you? For them. They are going to have to make a decision, do I go against King Herod, the one who's willing to kill? If he's willing to kill newborns, I think he's probably willing to kill some wise men. Am I willing to go against that? And, and what did they do when they found out that Jesus was there, when they found him, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. I don't know all that's going to happen in 2022, but I do know this, as Christians, we can rejoice. Not only can we rejoice, we should rejoice. Not only should we rejoice, we're commanded to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said, and again I say rejoice. By the way, he didn't write that from his beach house in, in Nantucket. He wrote that from a prison cell. That's where he wrote that from. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Things are going really well, I'm going to rejoice. Things aren't going so well, I've learned how to be abased and how to abound. I've learned how to be full and to be hungry. I've learned to rejoice and to thank God in the good times and in the bad times. And may I say to you, this wasn't an easy day to live in. Everything wasn't going well. Nobody had room for Jesus, but the, the, the reality that Jesus came to earth caused the wise men to rejoice, and Christmas is over, and the lights are down, and all the fun is done, and the gifts have been given, and now you've got to pay for the gifts that you bought, and all of that stuff is over. Now what? Chris, Christian, keep rejoicing. Keep rejoicing. I don't know what's going to happen in 22. I don't know what will happen with COVID in 2022. I don't know what new variant's going to come out. I don't know what new tax is going to happen, what new mandate, what new restrictions. I don't know what's going to happen in the midterm elections or in the economy or with inflation or interest rates, but I do know that none of those things change the calling of God upon the Christian. None of those things change the power of God within the Christian, and none of those things change the effects of the Word of God in our lives. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, 
rejoice. A pastor friend of mine who preached here last year, I saw his tweet a day or two ago. I think we have a picture of it there. He said this, give your mind to the media, and it will drive you crazy. Give your mind to God's Word and His reality, and it will lift you in hope, joy, and energized optimism. Keep rejoicing, Christian, in seasons of gain and in seasons of loss, in seasons of pain and in seasons of health, in seasons of victory and in seasons of defeat. Keep rejoicing. Well, what do I have to rejoice about? I don't know. You're loved by the Creator of the universe. He gave His only Son to die for your sins. The baby in the manger grew up to be the sinless Savior that died on the cross and spilled His precious blood for your sins so that all of your sins, past, present, and future, could be forgiven. Heaven could be your home. Eternity with God could be your reality. I don't know what you have to rejoice about, but maybe start there. You have a copy of His infallible, inerrant Word in your language to guide you each and every day. God is your loving Father. Jesus is your perfect Savior. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. But pastor, did you see the new statistics? Oh, I study them sometimes because I have to make decisions that relate to our ministry with oh, more than a thousand people on our property on a weekly basis with church and school. Oh, I look at numbers and I, I know those things, and, and there are things that politicians do that I, I appreciate and I agree with, and there are things that politicians do that I hate and disagree with vehemently, and there are things that I wish were different in our world, and there are some things about gas prices that I don't really like. I have opinions on all of that stuff, but may I just say, that's not my focus. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Again, I'm not saying you can't read it, you can't have opinions. What I am saying is be careful of your focus. Be careful of your priority. Christmas is over, now what? Keep rejoicing. Christ in us, Christian, should change our response to everything around us. Christmas is over, now what? Keep seeking Him. Keep rejoicing. Look at the first half of verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. What's their response? And fell down, and what church? Worshipped Him. Fell down and worshipped Him. Number three, keep worshipping in 2022. You see what worship led to? Worship led to a physical lowering of themselves. They fell down and worshipped a little toddler, little infant probably, something around that age. A physical lowering of themselves. Worship is when we realize who He is and who we are. And we physically and spiritually and in our lives, we lower ourselves and say, I must decrease. He must increase. I present what little I have to you, whether it's my time, my talent, my treasure, I present it in worship to you, God. May I just encourage you, make a commitment to daily worshiping of Him with your life and actions, a lowering of yourself and an uplifting of Him in your life. Make a commitment in 2022 to the weekly corporate worship gatherings of our church. If Christmas is real, it should lead us to worship. Then look at the second half of the verse. After they fell down and worshiped Him, what they do? And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto Him gifts. Christmas is over. Now what? Keep giving in 2022. What you give this year will be of far greater importance and will be remembered much longer than what you get or what you gather for yourself. 
What you give will be of far more lasting value than what you get in 2022. The Bible says it this way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We all like receiving, but there's great joy and fulfillment in giving. What model and year camel did the wise men have? Anybody know? What kind of camel power did they have? Probably one camel power, I guess. That's a dumb question. I guess we do know that one. What kind of clothes did they wear? What did the wise men's houses look like? We have no idea. You know what we remember about them in every Christmas story, in every, again, biblically incorrect nativity scene? You know what we remember about them in every wrong Christmas play that's ever been given? You know what we remember about them? Not the camels that they rode, or the clothes that they wore, or the houses that they lived in. You know what we remember? The gifts that they gave. What you give this year will be of far more lasting value than anything you get for yourself. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to have clothes. I have them. It's not wrong to have a car. I have one. It's not wrong to have a house. We have one. It's not wrong to have food. I'm going to get some today. It's not wrong to have those things, but be careful that those things don't have you. And you start to think that those are the things that are going to bring me fulfillment and purpose in living. What did the reality of Jesus in their lives bring about? It brought about a generosity to this little child. I'm going to give of the gifts that I have. I'm going to give of the resources that I have as an act of worship. And by the way, giving is an act of worship. As an act of worship, I'm lowering myself and my, my wants and my things, and I'm going to give what, I, what God has given to me. I'm going to give back to Him. Giving in our lives, keep giving. Giving will be of far more lasting value than anything you get. I was reminded of this in a powerful way this week. It was nearly a year ago now that one of our dear brothers and members of our church went to heaven, sweet Nancy's husband, Richard. Due to COVID and some other challenges, they, they did a, a small private uh, service and ceremony that I had the privilege to be a part of at their home uh, at, shortly after his passing. But they weren't able to get all of them, and they have a big Armenian family with a lot of people. I, I got to see a lot of them. Hundreds were there this week at that meal, and they weren't able to get everybody together, family and friends, until this last Wednesday evening. And my wife and I had the privilege to go, and Nancy, what a beautiful service it was. The gospel so clearly presented, the, the testimony of Richard's faith so clearly given, the, the story of a man whose life, and, and woman whose life had been transformed by the power of the gospel and their marriage totally changed. And during that service, we had a, a delicious meal together. It was a time of remembrance. People gave, gave testimonies of things they remembered from Richard. And during that service, they played a beautiful slideshow of Richard's life, all the way from when he was a little baby, all the way up until some photos of the final months of his life, and everything in between there. Do you know the thought that hit me? Nancy, I was sitting there. We were at a table. Javen and Connie were there and some others at our table. And I, Nancy, I said, I said, this is the curse of being a pastor. When I see things like this, sermon illustrations come to my mind. But it wasn't just a sermon illustration. Really, it was a personal lesson. As I sat there, the thought that hit me, and they, they continued to roll those photos throughout the night as people gave memories. They continued, to, and I kept looking up at them and seeing. And you know what hit me about that slideshow? When their family gathered together and those that helped with the slideshow, we want to tell the story of Richard Gabriel and what really mattered in his life. We want to tell the story of who he was in photos. You know what hit me there? And, 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 and the reality is that what hit me was that what really matters on, on, in, in our lives when our time is done, that hit me, what really matters? You see, Richard 
worked unbelievably hard for decades. As a young couple, they stepped out in faith, and he started his own business. And those are some, I'm sure, some difficult days, some days of a, of a lot of wondering, is this thing going to make it, and how's it going to go? And he saw God bless that hard work in some amazing ways. And Richard, if you knew Richard, he would come into church and sit right here, and even up toward the end when he could barely walk, he would bring a walker into service. Even in those days, Richard loved to dress sharply. If you knew Richard, he was always dressed nice, had, had really nice clothes. And Richard loved cars. He had some nice classic cars and some nice current cars. He worked hard, diligently to purchase a beautiful home for his family that they've used to open up for hundreds of people with Christian hospitality. And he purchased that home and, and to provide for his family in some amazing ways. But do you know what I noticed about that slideshow? There wasn't a single picture of a house or a car by itself. There was a picture of a cool old T-bird with, I think, Richard holding one of, his, one of his kids or somebody, I forget the picture, and it was in the background, but it wasn't the focus. The house, the car wasn't the focus. There was no picture of his bank account statement or the company's profit loss statement. You know when they got everybody together and they wanted to remember the life of Richard Gabriel? The pictures were of him with his family, with his wife, with his children with grandchildren, with nieces and nephews, cousins and others, pictures of cherished memories with loved ones, pictures of experiences together on Catalina Island and, and a trip to Israel and New York and Europe. As people spoke, they, they didn't speak of, well, Uncle Richard, he had, he had a really nice car. They didn't, Uncle Richard had a really nice house. They spoke of the wisdom that he shared with them that changed them. They spoke of the schools in Armenia that he had donated to help build, and his generous involvement in his local church here in, in Southern California. They spoke of his kindness to them even when they had failed him or done wrong. They spoke of how he had given of his time, of his wisdom, of his love, or even at times of his finances to make an impact in their lives and others. You know what hit me when it comes down to it in the final, final analysis? When thinking back on our lives, those are the things that really matter. There's nothing wrong, again, with owning a car or a home or clothes, but may all of us be reminded that what we give to others is of far more value than what we get for ourselves. What's going to matter is that relationship I invested in, that young person that I brought in and taught them the business and brought them along and helped them begin a career because I used my success in business, as Richard did, to bring, and to bring success to many others in their careers. What's going to matter is the time that I spent and the, the, the things that I gave of my time, of my talents, of my treasures to people. And all of us have different resources to give, but all of us have the same command to give. And Christmas was over, now what? What did the reality that Christ had come bring about in the wise men's life? It brought about them giving. May I challenge each one of us to learn to open our hands in 2022? Give of your time to others. If you know a trade or a skill, take someone under your wing and give the gift of that knowledge. One man spoke at Richard's uh, service there on Wednesday night, and he said, I, I heard a pastor one time say that every one of us should have a Paul, meaning we should have a spiritual mentor in our lives, and every one of us should have a Timothy, somebody that we're investing in, that we're trying to bring along the way. And, and you know what he said? He said, I went to Richard, I went to Richard and one or two other men, and I said, he said, I was scared to death to ask him, and I said, would you be that Paul in my life? And you 
you know what? I, I don't know all what Richard did for that man. I, I, I only met him there at that service. I'm sure he did many things for him, but you know when he looks back at Richard's involvement in his life, what he remembers? There was a man that was willing to give of his time and his wisdom to help me. Who are you giving to? Who are you impacting in those ways? Who are you helping along this journey of life? Be willing to teach people the ways of God. Give of your material wealth to help others. Give to the work of God around the world. Give to the work of God through your local church. None of us will ever regret that which we've generously given. We may regret what we've selfishly kept for ourselves. Then lastly, even after the greatest gift had come to earth, the wise men were found giving. Lastly, we see it in verse 12. What should we do? Christmas is over. Now what? Verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Number five, keep obeying God in 2022. To obey God here would be extremely unpopular with the most powerful people in government. Sound familiar? That's where we're headed if things don't change in our country. Every year that passes, things that the Bible teaches are becoming less and less accepted in, in, in our government and in our society. We can sit there and wring our hands and bite our fingernails and say, well, I'm going to move to Idaho because that's where heaven is. Like, it's, it's going all over the country. You can't get away from it. You live in America. Now, there might be some hot spots that are a little more frustrating than others, but you also don't have mosquitoes or humidity, and you have a beautiful beach. So go ahead and weigh them out, all right? The reality is, to be a Christian at your workplace, to be a Christian in your family, to be a Christian in our society, as the time, we're going to have to make some decisions. Am I going to obey, obey God or man? Am I going to live according to scriptural principles or popular culture? I believe later this year I'll bring a, a series entitled, uh, uh, Politically Incorrect, When Christ and Culture Collide. What do we as Christians do when Christ, the teachings of Christ and culture collide? But may I just say, we need to make a decision. We're going to obey God no matter what that looks like. I believe we'll, face, we'll be faced with those things more and more as time goes on. The Bible may be termed hate speech, churches may be demonized for embracing the teachings of Christ, and we will have to decide at work, we might be pressured to, for the bottom line, you've got to do this dishonest thing. I've got to decide, am I going to listen to Herod, if you will, or am I going to listen to the voice of God in my life? I've got to keep obeying in 2022, because things, those, those types of things, are the, the, the word, God's Word and man's wisdom, they're growing farther and farther apart with every passing year. They obeyed, and they went back another way. They chose a different path because of their time with Jesus. The reality that Christ had come changed their behavior. It wasn't just an experience. They sang a few songs at church and experienced some good religious feelings. It changed the path of their lives. They went another way. The people they used to fear, they didn't fear anymore. The people they used to take orders from, Herod, they didn't take orders from anymore. And I understand they came from another place, but in this story, those things, let's allow God to send us in the way He wants us to go in 2022. Christmas is over. Now what? How should the reality that Christ came to earth change us? Should lead us, I believe, to keep seeking Him, to keep rejoicing, 
to keep worshiping, to keep giving, to keep obeying. Don't look to Instagram or popular culture for your cues on how to live. Look to Scripture. Keep obeying. Let Christ change the way you live. Which one is that for you? You need to put a little more emphasis in in 2022. Keep seeking Him. Maybe you've, you've let Him kind of, ah, my relationship has kind of grown cold. I need to seek Him. Anybody know where He is? Where can I? I? By the way, Herod didn't know where to find Him. I know where to find Him. You want to hear God speak? Open your Bible. Somebody said, I want to hear God speak out loud. They said, read your Bible out loud. <laughs> I want to know Him. Seek Him. Keep seeking. Keep rejoicing, Christian. It's never been easy. There's always been corrupt governments. There's always been bad stories on the news, bad writings on the drawings on the cave wall of bad things happening all throughout history. Keep rejoicing. Keep worshiping. Put yourself in a proper place and put him where he belongs, high and lifted up. Keep giving. 2022, God, what have you given to me that I can give to someone else I can use for your glory? Keep obeying. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.